Let's just see how this is all coming about. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you for hanging in there. Can anyone see me? Is my am I am I here? Am I am I here? I'm, kind of, I'm a little bit fuzzy, says Julia. I'm seeing myself kind of all right. YouTube's giving me all kinds of problematic messages. It says bad video settings and how dare you go live and all that sort of stuff. So I guess, yay, I still have hair, just about, yes. So thank you so much for sticking with me here. I'm not entirely sure how well we're gonna, we're gonna go today, but let's, let's just try it. That's the only thing we can do. So I've noticed there's more than one thing wrong here. So YouTube, first of all, had this issue that when I schedule an event, I can send, I get a stream key, and then I, I put that into OBS and I send data and YouTube then says okay we see you you can preview the event and then you have to press a play button and then it says okay if you're happy you can press another button and then the internet can see you that's the plan with scheduled events so that you can go live a little bit beforehand and test your settings and see if everything's okay and then you press a button and you go boom now everyone can see you and today I sent data, YouTube said, okay, that's fine, it's, it's all good. Uh, press the play button to synchronize your player and then you can press the start streaming button. And I did that, pressed the play button, and then that was it. YouTube kind of just froze and I couldn't press the go live button. And that was weird because uh, I tried then to do it, to use another, another browser, which didn't work, had the same issue. So I thought I'm gonna try another browser on another computer, which also had that problem. So something with that schedule event was not, was not going well. And I, I thought, well, I'll just create a new event and do the go live now thing. And that's what we are now. That's why the, why the URL changed. So I'm, I'm sorry about that. Probably lost about half my audience. But hey, that's okay. That's, we're still here. That's, that's all that counts. So then the next thing that, of course, was wrong is that I've had a lot of fun building this new computer, the new Z800 workstation. And it's gone so well that I've even, I've even added the second RTX 2080 card into it, which is awesome. So I'll tell you that whole story as well. And everything went well. So I, I assumed streaming would work okay as well. But of course, I didn't have time to test it until about an hour ago when we just came out of uh, covering another presentation. So it's kind of, you know, in our local community center, my oncologist was speaking. He gave a little community talk and I thought I'll drop by and, and with Julia and we'll film this. And that was a bit delayed. So we only arrived back here at about quarter past three and there you go. But I still have hair, like you say, that's cool. Woohoo! That is always a good, a good audio sign there. I love that. Um, and in a moment, I'll find out what it is. This is cool. So um, what I had planned for you today is indeed a little animation, rendering a little animation. And that's the one I've posted earlier already onto YouTube, the little new little uh, teaser trailer I've made from the 3D shenanigans thing. So I, I thought I'm going to put a little teaser together and I would love to share it with you right now. So here it goes, kind of the world premiere. It starts off with this. Let's let's look at this and and uh, I'll talk you through what I did there. Thank you for those of you who's, who've already seen it, Rod. Thank you so much. Let's uh, Let's have a look at it.
3 Vision Nanigans live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time only on the WP Guru. Unless something breaks. Which of course it did, which is why um it's now just as smoky in here as, as we had left it last time. So it's kind of it's kind of cool. That's the other thing that I posted uh, something on, on Patreon there. The, for the fog assets, they're now available for my Patreon supporters. So download them and see what you can do with them. So uh, there's a lot going on in this animation and I want to talk you through how we can build this with Blender. And that's where the next problem, of course, comes in that this uh, modifier that I've used there it's called the cell fracture modifier you can use it on any object that you build with blender and that will split up your object into little pieces and they're all clumped together at first but the, then you can use physics to just have them all fall to the ground and that's what I did there but of course that cell fracture modifier is not quite in Blender 2.8 yet. They're still working on it. From what I understand, it's something that's supposed to come to Blender 2.81 in about three to five months or so. They're focusing on getting Blender 2.80 stable now and releasing it in about June, July. And then three months after that, they want to bring out another version, which then has incremental improvements. And so that, that's kind of their roadmap. So it's a new development model that they've got. And so there we go. That's, uh, that's it. <laughs> exactly. Both graphics cards are generating a lot of heat here. That's exactly what it is. So uh, let's let's watch this again, in fact, and just step through what's going on here. So I've I've animated basically only this part from here, from this from this logo. You can see the cracks in the logo here, and we're going to build the whole logo from scratch out of text elements, and we're going to put the shaders on. So I'll show you how that works as well, and then uh, we will apply that cell fracture modifier to shatter these things into pieces. And then we can basically press one button and it'll do this. It'll, it'll go and, uh, and animate all this for us, which is very nice. So in order then to, to do the first part of this, this whole thing, this is the same animation, but I've added a camera move there. So I've got two cameras in the scene. One is the one at the end and the other one ends in the same position, but then goes and, and moves around all the shattered pieces there. So that's how I that's how I did that multiple cameras and you can see sometimes you can see in the yellow pieces here they have another shader applied so some of these have kind of dark gray outside inside pieces and that's where that's basically the inside of these pieces. I don't know why it didn't apply that to all the pieces but just to the yellow ones and they have an inside and you can define an inside shader there as well and if I remember how to do it I'll show you how. So that makes this, this a little bit uh, problematic because we have to do this cell fracture thing in Blender 2.79 so that we're going to use the old interface for that and then we're going to have to do the rendering in Blender 2.8 because 2.79 has an older version of CUDA which means it doesn't quite uh, use the RTX cards there, the RTX 2080 cards. It doesn't, it just says now I can't see a GPU there. Uh, there are special builds that you can use uh, and then you can you can basically uh, build the new version of CUDA with the old Blender interface. I'm not quite that tech savvy, I must say. So I've, I'm just I'm just using two versions of Blender. So there we go. Shall we get into it? Let's do this. In fact, let's let's watch this trailer one more time because it is it is really cool. I'm very proud of it. There we go. 
3D Shenanigans, live every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on the WP Guru. Unless something breaks. Well, the other thing, of course, I did was, was this video overlay there, the, the kind of all these uh, distortions and the kind of lifted off the, of the VHS tape, by the way. And that is something I'm going to release to Patreon supporters this week, this coming week. I've used that in a trailer about September time. And that was something that I created for that project. And I thought that that'll be that'll be good to use for for all of us so i'm going to release that to patreon supporters uh, later this week or this coming week okay so let's start with blender 2.79 and say hello to the old interface the one that we're saying goodbye to very soon so that's this one here and first of all i think in here i'm going to go and build the whole logo there the band project, that's the one. Whoops, that's the one, Christina, exactly, the band project. Oh, really? That's, that's interesting. That's interesting, Christina. Christina has a version of uh, 2.79 with the, with the CUDA support, with the new CUDA support. That's exciting. Send me the link. I'd love, to, I'd love to try that because this is such a cool modifier there. Before we do the logo, let me just uh, try and show you this with the Blender default cube. It always comes in like this. So I'm going to go and lift it up a bit by saying G, uh, GZ1, enter. And what I'm doing there is I'm basically uh, making sure it just sits on the ground plane here which it now does. A cube comes in with two heights of blender unit and if we lift it one up then it's directly at the at the bottom there. Ah, thank you so much. Oh my god, and then you would would you build this yourself, Christina? Do you have to build blender yourself for that or is there a pre-compiled version available? I'm not I'm not much of a software builder myself unless it's a one-click affair, so I'm going to divide this cube into these pieces in a moment. Currently, it doesn't have any geometry. If we do that, it literally has uh, eight points. That's all. So uh, I'm going to go and bring in a plane as well. That'll, that'll be our floor. So Shift-A does that. Shift-A and bring in a plane. Hit the S key, and then we can scale this up so that this, this thing is just going to be a little bit larger. And that should, that should work. We can't apply this self-fracture modifier or this self-fracture thing on this cube, or we can, but it's not going to look very good because the cube itself or your object that you want to you know, go to town with has to have more geometry. So I think what I'm first of all going to do is apply a modifier here. And that's happening, see so if we can do that. In the old interface, that's, that's this little gear icon here. And I've, funny, funny actually about the new interface, old interface, I have a kind of a beta version and an alpha version of Blender on my Mac. And that has the new layout to it, but it has this thing on the, on the right-hand side. This is all the uh, old Blender interface still. So it's a very mixed up version. It's kind of, I really got confused when I saw that. So uh, the little gear icon, that's the modifiers. If we add a modifier, I believe I need to, uh, put the, um, I forgot now, the, uh, the remesh modifier to it. Let me do that. Remesh modifier. Is it remesh? Yes, it's remesh, isn't it? No, it's a subdivide modifier. What am I talking about? There we go. Let's, let's get rid of that. Let's have the subdivide modifier. Where is that? Is that not how I did it? Am I completely going crazy here? 
How do I subdivide a model again, Christina? How, how do I do that? Did I do that with, 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 what did I do that with? Oh my God, my brain's gone blank. So the computer's not working, YouTube's not working, my brain's not working, that's terrible. Edit mode, but then I'd have to do that individually. I thought I can just go and, and add this into, I thought, I thought I was gonna do the remesh modifier. Let me try that. Yeah, remesh, that's what I was gonna use. Remesh, perfect, with all the default trimmings here, that'll create a lot of geometry. Whew. My goodness, glad I could I could work it out. I'm going to apply that, and then with this little icon here, I can I can just uh, display the wire. So there we go. We see this this geometry now. It's increased on that on that cube. Whew. My God, good catch there. Crazy. I'm going to switch the wire off because we trust there's enough geometry in there. And the where it gets interesting now is here on the left hand side, the cell fracture button that's in the tool shelf. I believe if that isn't open, you can open it with the T button. This even works in the new Blender version. It's just a very different version of this this uh, tool shelf here. And I've got my thing here already. The tool, the, the cell fracture is a button on the left-hand side here. But to get that there, we need to activate this add-on. Uh, Blender ships with it. It's just not activated. So in the old version of Blender, I believe that's under File, and there's User Preferences. And if we click in that, we get to see this exciting window here. And there's a kind of a lot of stuff going in here, how you uh, configure your interface. Under system, you can see the amount of uh, graphics cards you have. Like I've got these two cards now. I'm going to tell you all about that story. Why do I have two cards? One is only temporary and I need to send it back, sadly. So I, I don't get to keep it. I can activate or deactivate a couple here one of those things so but what i want to go to is add-ons and add-ons is a bit like plugins for wordpress so add-ons in blender is like plugins for wordpress you can extend the functionality of blender with people who have python experience who can write things in python who are amazing people who can you know extend the functionality of blender and blender ships with all these things that are grayed out and if i wanted to add one then i can just tick this thing here like display tools i can just tick that and then display tools is now activated as soon as i hit save user settings i don't actually know what display tools does so i'm going to go and deactivate that again and you can either go through this long list and find the add-ons you want you can go into any of these categories here so they're categorized and you can enable anyone that that you that you know, anything like camera add camera rigs and all that or you just go to all and then you search in this little box at the top so what we need to search for is uh, cell and that'll go and activate the cell that that'll come up with the cell fracture thing and you're just going to have to tick that box here you can disclose it and then it'll tell you who developed it there's a documentation if there's a bug and all this is another uh, add-on here the cell fracture crack it add-on that is works in conjunction with this uh, christina made me aware of that i haven't actually looked at that yet so uh, you know it's a good idea to uh, to maybe do that i've seen a tutorial of somebody on youtube that very interesting stuff you can make little uh, trees out of cylinders and put little um, uh, proper bark cracks in there so we're not going to do that we're just going to use the cell fracture thing then save user settings and that is that so um, then we can just close this window and then this button will show up. And then this is where it really gets exciting. Then we can go and click it. When we click it, this massive menu comes up here. 
and that is that looks scary but the good thing is we don't really need to worry much about this thing there's only two items of interest here and the first one is right at the top so the own particles is selected the button in the middle here and source limit is in essence the amount of pieces your object is going to be shattered into 100 will work fine we can increase it we can decrease it we can play around with it that's just one thing i wanted to make you aware of and the other one is under mesh data here it can give whatever the the next side of the pieces are like the inside of the pieces where, where the cracks are you can give that a separate material and that is here and that's the material you need to actually give it the material id and that depends on the amount of materials you have currently we don't have any but this is how we get the the kind of inside material on the cracks so i'm going to just click ok and we'll see what happens something happens and it's quite interesting and there we go now we're back to that cube we're not entirely sure what happened there because as far as i can tell the cube does have no cracks it's got the same geometry that i've created there with the remesh modifier and that's confusing but if you know blender you know there's layers in blender and those are the little things at the bottom palette here these have gone away in Blender 2.8. There's new things now. They're called collections. And they work similar to layers, but they're not exactly layers. So layers are, they're not like layers in Photoshop. They're basically the same spots in our 3D universe, just at alternating planes, if you know what I mean. That's, that's the best way I can describe it. So you can click these little buttons here. And the second one has a, has a tiny dot on it. And if I click on that, I can now see that my fractured cube with all its origins in places is now on the second layer and i can now go and basically select any of these parts and i can see that they're coming apart it's very interesting stuff there so this is my my shattered cube and of course the way this is handled here the way these cracks are happening here they are completely uh, random so they're totally arbitrary and uh, the way these cracks are generated is with this outside object that comes and kind of visits our object before these cracks are made and that is a Voronoi algorithm so Voronoi is, is this kind of algorithm splitting things up into these types of shapes blender has a lot of Voronoi stuff if you ever wanted to uh, create a kind of mosaic type picture that's completely random then uh, Voronoi is is indeed the way to go and that is how that works it makes it makes these things it, it kind of cracks them up here I'm going to go and select everything in layer two by just uh, hitting A twice. And then I'm going to go hit X and that'll delete everything on layer two because I want to do this again because I really like doing it, you know. So select the cube, uh, move it over here, create that, uh, click that cell fracture button. And then you've got all these options here. Maybe I'm going to increase the amounts a little bit here of the, the, uh, the particles. Oops, sorry, that wasn't scale. It was supposed to be source limit. Maybe I'm going to try 200. And then I'm going to hit the OK button. And then we'll see this Voronoi thing going to work. Very exciting stuff. And the more complex your object is, the more pieces are being created. You can get really creative there. You can use the grease pencil to add things like add points where something like a projectile would hit this and then it would build cracks that are as if somebody had shot this thing, you know, with a uh, with with a gun. So very interesting stuff. Hello, Riza. Good to see you. Good to meet you. I'm afraid I don't speak any French. Um, 
So sorry about that. <laughs> but hey, there we go. We're talking about shattering an object. So right now, all my pieces are on the second layer here. And in order to bring all these about to the first layer, I can just go and uh, press the M button. I believe everything is selected. If not, just press the A button, press the A button again. So to select everything, press the M button. And then we get this little menu here that lets us move anything that's selected to another layer. I'm going to move that to the first layer. And now things on the second layer have completely disappeared. There we go. So on my first cube, which is still selected, I think I'm going to go and make that invisible. Oh, I can just move that away. I can just move that out of the, out of, you know, just out a little bit here. Yeah, maybe I'll just leave it here. And let's focus on this guy and see what happens if we now, now comes the, comes the complicated part. For me, that was the complicated part to figure out how do I assign each of these things uh, like, a, um, uh, what's it called, physics. Turns out that the that this cell fracture add-on does that already for us, I believe, which is very exciting. So let me see if this works again. So you do that by going into the into the Blender game engine, which is also something that I've never done before. Let's try this. Go uh, to from Blender Render. There's Blender Render. There's Cycles, and there's also Blender Game. And as soon as we do that, as we click that, we're in some kind of other mode now. So it's the game mode. And I believe if I now click P, then I think this thing is going to fall into all its pieces onto the floor. Let's see. I can't promise anything. This may not work. Let's let's see. Let's see. looks like it's working just fine okay this is good this is good and it depends on when these pieces are settling so these are not quite these are still falling down maybe if i shake my my desk a little bit maybe something else is going to happen now there we go so that's shattering all these pieces and now <laughs> now if you uh tried this and you try to click anything else you'll, you'll find that blender is unresponsive right now and that's because i believe the physics are still being simulated and you can't do anything else to get out of this mode you can press the escape button and then blender is going to be back to normal but also your whole cube is back in in one shape so it's maybe also not what we want so once again there's another exciting thing this whole animation that's more or less been created there for us we can record that onto the timeline and that will allow us to basically save the file and go to any frame in our animation and then we have an animation and that's that's so super easy to do i found that really exciting to see how how easy blender has implemented that and the only thing we need to do is in order to record our animations we go over here under game and there's this thing called record animation and then if we tick that just see it is definitely ticked then we can just do the same thing the whole thing again so i'm going to just go press the p button and now the physics are being simulated for the amount of frames I've defined in my animation. So I believe this is now longer than 250 frames. Sometimes it slows down, especially with uh, very complicated um, objects here that have a lot of pieces. So sometimes it's just, you know, it'll just take a while to settle. And 250 frames, which is the default duration of an animation, may not be enough for that. So I'll just leave it at 250. I'm going to press escape. And then we've got this. But now check it out on the on the timeline here i can now with the right mouse button mind you can now scroll through this and there's my animation on every keyframe and that is very exciting and i can go and play that back 
whoops, with the play button. May not be real time because it's all just a, a preview here. But once you render it, it'll be real real time. And you know, that's how I made that animation. That's how I made the physics. And I couldn't believe how super easy it was. And then the thumbnail, I just I believe I just went to the first or second image, and that's just that just gives you that that kind of effect there. I believe you're probably going to see this better with a with a, a matte cap on it. If I if I could. Uh, find where that is that's fine let's find a matcap maybe maybe this one yeah maybe that makes it a little bit easier to see here yes animation timeline animation i've just seen a tweet today and seen that the, the timeline is a bit of a weird thing in, in blender you have to right click and drag no matter if you've set your click preference to left click everything is then left click except for the timeline the timeline is always right click and drag and it's still the case in blender 2.8 so if ever you wanted to left click on the timeline and nothing happens you're not mad it's it's right click and the thing is i've read a tweet today that they're implementing left click and drag in blender 2.8 so that's coming too so it's very very cool i'm, I'm looking forward to that it's almost like a real um like a you know like an application that everyone else have, knows how to use so there we go uh i think so yes biscuits uh, is it possible biscuits is asking is it possible to shatter only part of the object and um, make half shattered ruins i think what you could probably do is you can uh, divide your your scene into several objects and only make sure you shatter certain objects so like in our case i'd have a i'd have a cube and i've got a shattered cube so i could have i could say this is part of my this is the shattered part of my scene and this is the unshattered part of my scene you can you can do that um so it's uh, yeah it's kind of it's um it's it's a lovely thing to play around with and we're going to do the the whole thing again with my logo so i'm going to create my logo from scratch now and we'll see where where that takes us and we're going to apply this um to four different parts then let's see how we can do that so first of all let's go and uh, create a new scene i think i don't want to keep this so uh, new scene reload the startup file and i don't think we need that cube anymore so i'm going to hit x and delete it and I'm going to start with text objects, in fact. And we're going to start building those and we'll see if we can get some basic lighting going and then we'll see where it, where it goes from there. You're right, actually. Yes, yes, right, uh, uh, Rod. That's, that's exactly how that matcap looks. I'm reminded, I feel this matcap reminds me of, um, of ZBrush. I must admit, ZBrush has a similar kind of look and feel to it, and that, that always reminds me of that. So let's go create a text object here. Christina has made a couple of very cool videos on her channel about uh, text objects, so very cool. Check that out um, about how you get the geometry nicely done there. So, you know, check out Christina's channel for that. I'm going to start with, um, with uh, 3D, perhaps. There we go, 3D. Uh, and I'm going to go out of this. So that's just the text object here. And I want to make that look handsome. So I'll go over to the font menu, which is this little F icon here in the old interface. It's kind of, it's almost nice to say goodbye to the old interface this way, in, in a way. Um, and uh, over here on the, on the bottom right, in fact, this is where we can set a font. So I don't know if I've, the font that I'm using is called Days 
one and no matter how many times I've put it into my fonts directory it just doesn't remain there so I don't know why that is but I think it's uh, I've put it down here on the days one if it's just a regular folder um, that I have shared across it so I double click that and then it'll change the that'll change the font of my font here <laughs> change the font of my font excellent so I'm gonna go and uh, turn that on its side so uh, I'm gonna rotate this with with RX90 and now it stands up and I would like for that to be on the side so that is now the Y axis so I'm gonna go RY90 the other way around so RY-90 and that'll do that oops that is very cool how Blender can do that and that's really all I want to do with the 3D text so that'll be one object I think I can call that let me just call that something uh, call that 3d haha <laughs> now I'm gonna create the three types of words so it's 3d shenanigans, gans and I think I'm gonna start with gans because that's then on the on the bottom and then I can leave that on the bottom and then move the other ones up I think we'll sell ourselves she let's have she there we go shift a uh, create some text text comes in with this font again but it's easy now that we've got it uh, in Blender already, all I need to do is just click this this um, font menu here and just select days one regular and that'll change the font. I'm gonna go and turn that this way again. So that's RX90. R is always the, the kind of the shortcut for what you're doing and then uh, followed by the axis, followed by the amount of degrees you'd like to turn that. You can do that arbitrarily as well, but sometimes when it's defined objects it's it's very easy to do it this way forgot to call that something so i'm going to call that sh and to move that up i can either now use the widget here or once you've learned the shortcuts it's actually much easier to use those so that'll be with the g command r was rotate g is grab so g and if i do that it's it's completely arbitrary how i move that but i can constrain this to an axis so i want to move this up blender's up axis is the z axis blue is z so i can go and say g z and then i can only move it up no matter what i do with my mouse so i'm going to maybe put that here perhaps leave that here and we'll see what else happens she nanigans we need a bit more space there i guess but we can worry about that later so let's uh, let's call that she in fact no matter what I do, my microphone is somehow always in the way. It's, I can't quite see the keys on the keyboard sometimes. So maybe this is going to work. There. So she or she. Let's use another text object. Uh, Shift A to add an object. That's the same as using the add menu down here. You can do that as well. But that's once you get into these shortcuts, it's just it's just very addictive and very fast to do that. So Shift A text and um, that'll be nanny nanny there we go a tab is to get into the text edit mode that's kind of edit mode no matter if it's a text object or a, a vertex object and once again with that selected we'll go over here to the font and just change it to days one and once again we're going to rotate that r followed by the axis which is the x-axis the red axis and it kind of highlights there as well and followed by the amount of degrees so 90 and that's that now we can lift it up again with G, Z. I just move it up. Yeah, I think the, the she needs to go G, Z a little bit higher, I guess, like so. 
totally flat. And the nanny, of course, needs to also be named. And now we need guns. So once again, shift A, text, guns. Change that font over and go for RX90. And there we go, that's almost the logo. Perfect. Gans hasn't been named, so let's let's title that. And perhaps I'm gonna make the 3D a little bit bigger. I think before I do that though, I think I'm gonna go and apply that um, solidifier modifier. So I can, it, it depends what I wanna do. And I'd like for these, all these text objects to have a very kind of high polygon count so that they fall into thousands of pieces. So I think I'm gonna leave the, the 3D as it is for now, and then I'll scale it a little bit later. I'll, I'll show you why in a moment. I think this is something that I wish I had done on the on the real animation, but I hadn't done that. So there we go. Um, solidify modify. Yes. So uh, let's go over here to that little wrench icon and add the solidify modifier. And that'll give this thing. Currently, it's it's literally just a just a plain object here. It's not even a plain object. It's a font object. And uh, with the solidify, we can now make it thicker. We can also do that in the font menu, by the way, can't we? I think so. Oh, something's happening to Dion's stream. I can still see something, but you never know. We've had so many issues getting started. Uh, OBS is telling me, no, it's still, it's still doing something. So that's, that's good. Let me know if you can, uh, let me know if you guys can still see me. I can still see me back, but hey, you never know. You never know with this, with this thing. Today is one of those days where I'm, I'm kind of, I'm surprised we got this far already, even though it got a bit, got a little bit, um, got a little bit late here. So, um, pixelated. Yeah, I guess I've got, I've got some, I've got some bandwidth issues. So that's the other thing that went wrong today. I really can't tell you why. So bandwidth issues were weird because the new computer has kind of has, has got more oomph than my old computer but now the new computer has got these two graphic cards in there and that's what I was going to show you exactly that's what I was going to tell you about why do I have two graphics cards exactly so let's talk about that quickly um, the uh, my first RTX 2080 was working great but due to some monitor input issues i've ordered a really cheap adapter from displayport dvi and that's the input that i'm usually using on my monitor so that adapter was seven dollars and it worked perfectly fine until i wanted to take it out again it was stuck it was one of those adapters like hdmi just goes and slots in and you take it back out no problem at all but this adapter this displayport to dvi adapter that had like little metal hooks on the inside and the moment i snuck it in it wouldn't come out anymore so the idea was that there was a button at the bottom of the displayport thing that you press down and then you just go and slide it out but that button was unpressable so that was that was weird so uh, i thought well i'm not, not entirely sure what's uh, what's up with that so i thought maybe it's the plastic cover lifted the plastic cover some metal plate underneath it metal plate not pressable can't take the adapter out can't take the card out of the computer anymore so i didn't know what to do it just wouldn't come out and i was thinking well i can't have a card with an adapter stuck in there because i can't take it out of the old computer put it in the new computer so i asked amazon what can we do about it and they said well what would help and i said well currently i probably have to destroy the adapter to get the card out of the whole thing and they said 
don't worry about the adapter we'll give you a refund for that and the card well we'll just send you a new card do what you have to do basically i thought oh my god so uh, i've destroyed the adapter and Amazon have sent me a second card and the first card is still working super fine. I've since managed to dislodge the adapter and now I can, uh, I, I, I've got for about another two weeks or so, I can, I can try out what two RTX 2080s are going to be like. And that is currently what I'm doing and it's, it's crazy. I may have to get a second one, but not entirely sure how to afford that. Maybe I should start a Kickstarter cap campaign or something. Anyway, that's that's why I have two cards right now for the next week or two, and then we'll see what happens then. Back to this logo shenanigans thing here. So I have two options. I can either use a modifier to add solidification, I guess is the word I'm using, I'm looking for, to my letters, or I can use the font menu. I think I'm just going to go with the solidify modifier. And I'm not entirely sure how thick I want this to be. I want this to be kind of substantial. So I'll just go and crank this up a little bit. And say two, maybe two, maybe, maybe four. Let's make it four. That's it up here under thickness, solidify, modify, thickness. I think I'm gonna do that. So I just type in four, that 0 0.4 rather. That's a little bit thick there. So, or maybe it's 0 0.5. Let's do that. So 0 0.5. That makes them nice and chunky, chunky letters. That's cool. And I'm going to do that for every single object. I'm leaving them individual because then I can apply different shaders to it. So let's click this one here. She add the solidify modifier to it. Thickness 0 0.5. Boom. It's a little bit chunkier than I had it in the demo, but it doesn't matter. It's 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 fine here. I'm going to click this one, do the same thing. Solidify 0 0.5, and then the last one on the bottom, solidify. Oops, 0 0.5. There we go. That's what I was thinking, Rod. Enjoy it while you can. And that's exactly what I'm doing, which is why I didn't, wasn't able to make another episode of the lighting tutorial. That is, of course, you know, coming up. It's in the works. How to use parametric lights in DAS Studio. I've got good feedback on that from so many viewers, one of whom was suggesting, can I do the same with Blender, like basic lighting in Blender? And that sounds like a good idea. Maybe I'll do that. As soon as I'm done with the, with the lighting for DAS Studio, I may do that for Blender too. So that's the solidify modifier applied. Let's see if we can scale up the 3D thing here. And I'm going to, I would like for that to not scale fully in its entirety. I'd like to constrain this to two axes only. So I don't want this to go into the green axis here. The green is the Y axis. And I can do that by, by using S. So S followed by my mouse means this thing scales completely. Overall, with escape, I can always get out of that if I wanted to. But that also means it'll get deeper. It'll get it'll get you know wider to the back, and I don't want to do that. I'd like for this to uh, to literally just uh, scale in the x and the z axis, and not in the y axis. And Blender makes that possible by by selecting the shift axis, and then it'll exclude that axis. It's very very clever there. So S followed by shift y, I believe, and now I've got two axis highlight and if I now go and scale this I can make the 3d as big as that and just go click and that'll now have left the depth alone 
Is that a little bit too much? Was that a bit too big now? Maybe I'll make it a little bit smaller. What do you think? So S, Shift, Y, and then I'll just make that a bit smaller. Just like that. Okay, that looks quite nice, I think. And once again, if we want to apply that, that terracotta matte cap, you press the end button, that brings up this, this, this shelf. I don't even know what it's called. But on the very bottom, you find, uh, under shading, you find matte cap. That's easier in the new Blender version. I think that's, that's more at the top of the screen. But here you have to click matte cap. Then this window opens up here. And when you click that, you get a choice of matte caps here. So this is like the, this is like the, uh, what's it called? This is like, like ZBrush here. Uh, and then you can have something shiny. Also not bad, must say, for a real-time engine. You can get something like a gold shader here. So it's also very cool. And sometimes it's nice while you're modeling to visualize something in different materials. And they're not 100% accurate, but they're certainly going to show inconsistencies in the mesh that you may want to work on so that's kind of nice there's other things so you can add uh, ambient occlusion for example if you do that then you get a kind of a fake shadow rendered in here and uh, all of that is, is sometimes nice when you're when you're modeling it just gives it that little extra kind of realism while you're doing stuff. It does come at the expense of some render time so I don't notice anything right now but it, it does happen so um, yeah, alien stuff, lots to play around with. I'm gonna go switch this back off. I'm gonna go leave it like this and I will apply these modifiers. Now, actually, I'm gonna save the file first. Let's go do that. Uh, save as, and I may just go and uh, do that on my desktop, perhaps. Desktop, where all the funky stuff goes. Uh, let's call that Shattercast. And in here, I'm going to go and call that uh, logo one. And go save that Blender file before I do anything to it. That's another thing, saving in Blender, very exciting stuff. If you wanted to save versions, so if I'm, I'm, if I'm thinking now to apply this modifier, those changes will be, will be kind of burned in and they're not going to, you know, it's not going to go uh, back from that once I once I turn this once I apply the solidify modifier and once I make the text in fact into a proper 3d object then you know that's that's kind of burned in so I can save versions easily by going over to save as and then in here so mine's now called logo one I've got at the top right I've got these two buttons here plus and minus so if I press plus then it just adds a number to my file name so I'm gonna go and do that now plus means it's now called logo 2 and if I go and do that again it's now called logo 3 and so forth so I can also I can do that with the I think the plus and minus keys as well minus works just as well I can do minus and then I'll go back to the previous number and that is how I can easily save incremental versions of my work so in case I need to go back to this and maybe I've, I've done a lot of work and I, I'm thinking actually I'm not quite happy with that I've got a I've got a way to go back there so that's another little blender tip that I thought was very was very handy. So let's see how we can apply that modifier. Actually, I can't apply that modifier. I need to turn this mesh into a 3D object first before I can do that. Uh, let me do that. Uh, I think that was 
Alt C, yes, Alt C. That's a it's a different menu in Blender 2.8, but in 2.79 and before, it's Alt C to bring this thing up called Curve Curve from Mesh Text or Mesh from Curve Text. So that's what we want. We want to create a mesh. So uh, select the object that you want to convert. Alt C will bring that menu up, and then you select the second option, which is that. And then the modifier has gone away. That's because it's now already applied this into a proper 3D object. So we've, we can see that the text option has gone away. If I now go into edit mode, I can actually, you know, look at my ugly geometry again, but I can't edit the text again. So that's cool. Let's do that with all the other items as well. So Alt-C, Alt-C and Alt-C. That's it. So that applied the modifiers already. And now we have ugly geometry. And to combat this, I'm now going to go and use that remesh modifier, just like I showed you in the cube thing. I'm going to select the 3D here and add the remesh modifier. That's this one. And that has several options, one of which uh, the default kind of makes it look like less resolution. And in order for that to work properly, we'll see that on, on the other letters there in a moment. I'm going to have to go and deselect remove disconnected pieces. Because if I don't do that, then I'll only ever see one part of the object and others are being discarded. So that's one thing that I need to do. And the other thing is the octree depth here. And that's more or less something that will add resolution to your mesh which is cool so you can do that in steps one step will quadruple the geometry that's inherent to your object so this has now made that a lot uh, smoother here so if i go back one step you can see the difference there uh, if i even go one back one step then this is kind of uh, uh, introducing terrible artifacts but if i go up and perhaps up one more time then i get nice smooth edges so perhaps six that's probably what i'm going to what I'm going to use there. I'll use six on the other ones as well. So once again, I'm going to go over to this guy, add a remesh modifier. And uh, this is where you can see that what this remove disconnected pieces does. If I enable that, then the rest of the disconnected pieces will literally just remove, will be removed from the object. So untick that, and then that comes back, increase the resolution a little bit. Was it six? It was six, wasn't it? Yeah, six, perfect. Great, that's all we need. So next one, I'm treating these individually because I want to apply shaders to that in a minute as well so that they get a bit of color. Boom, there we go. That's that. We do get some artifacts here on the A. Don't know if a higher resolution will get rid of that. It does. Okay, maybe we'll just use seven. Great, let's do that. Computer isn't doing anything else at the moment. Let's go and get as high resolution as we possibly can. There was another um, question I received this week from Bradford Knight. If you, in case you're watching Bradford, hello, how you doing? Bradford's at work right now, so you can't join us in the chat, which is a shame. Uh, but he's probably going to watch the stream later. And he says, hey, with two RTX cards, how is this going to work in Das Studio? Is this going to... Does this mean you can have a larger scene and does it uh, render kind of, does it fill across cards or how does it work? And 
it's a very good question. I don't think it'll work that way uh, because I've read on the Blender website they had a similar issue. If you have more than one graphics card, the scene needs to fit into each graphics card and then they can do their thing. So the Blender folks are thinking that very, very large scene. They'll never fit into GPUs and, and uh, regular computer memory, computer RAM is just much more available than GPU RAM for the foreseeable future anyway. So they're thinking of tweaking something in Blender that makes it possible to use chunks out of your scene. So rather than send the whole scene into the GPU, have the whole scene render, the Blender folks want to do something in which they send smaller chunks to the graphics card render that chunk and then send the card another chunk and they said it's very ambitious but it's very very difficult to implement but it is somewhere on the roadmap so something like that is coming but i don't think iray works like that but they want to make cycles work like that so there we go okay uh let me that's that's it really on this thing. oh i need to apply these things <laughs> let me apply all these remesh modifiers. So uh, just to just to have a look here, this is what um, this is what the oops, this doesn't work. Uh, let me just apply one guy here. Oh, in fact, no, actually, let me just go and uh, show you the wireframe of two of these things before I apply that. That's always nice to look at. That's on this, on this little cube icon here. If you click that at the bottom, you get under display options in case this is, uh, this is closed here. Under display options, there's this little thing called wire. And if you select that, then you'll see the now proper geometry that if I go into edit mode, I can now go and edit all these pieces. And it's dense, but I want to shatter it into a thousand pieces. So that's that's why I'm doing it. That's why I'm doing it. I can go and untick that. Just wanted to show you that that's how dense the geometry is. I'm going to go and apply all the other modifiers as well. Just hit the apply button here. That's all you need to do. Then the modifier is going away. And the, the object, anything that you've done here that's done non-destructively is being applied. It's a bit like rasterizing a layer in Photoshop. If you've got smart filters on there and you go and rasterize the layer, whatever you apply isn't gonna isn't gonna come back. So it's always good to make a duplicate of that. With my modifiers, before I do anything else, I think I'm gonna go and save my scene again. File save as and now I'm just gonna go hit the I'll try the plus key out. I think it works. Because it doesn't. It never does, does it? Plus key? No, see, plus key doesn't work. Oh, maybe it's a num key. Num, numpad, numpad plus key. Numpad plus key and minus key. That's what that is. Okay, cool. So numpad plus key increments this number. Enter will save your scene. So there we go. Let's uh, create a plane to have a bit of floor here. And then we'll set some lights and have a look at what this object looks like. And then we're going to apply some colors and some shaders to it. So uh, mesh plane and let's go scale this up large rather large there we go cool now we have a ground blender conference oh wow when is it that's an amsterdam right believe it's in Amsterdam it would be in Amsterdam I guess all the uh, Blender Institute is in Amsterdam so I wonder if it's when it is 
I have Blender comes with a default camera, default cube, and also default light source. This is the light source here, and that over here is the camera. I guess with the camera, let's go and frame this object up quickly so that we can that we can see what that looks like when it's lit. So in order to do that in Blender, it's usually the num key and zero lets us look through the camera. And I haven't framed the camera up. It's basically just pointing at whatever it was pointing. If I do that, I get to see this uh, this little this this um, aspect frame around here. As soon as I move my viewport again, that disappears, and I'm moving away from the camera. So once again, when I want to look through it, just the numpad zero key will take care of that. But how do I frame up my object so that the camera moves with it? How do I do that? Well, the secret sauce is something called lock to view, and it can be found in this tool shelf on the right hand side here you open that with n and there's this thing under the camera here this thing here and that's called uh, this is the view under the view menu here some of these things are a little bit uh, cumbersome to to understand again if you if you're going to learn blender go for version 2.80 and onwards and the, the interface will be slightly different but the principles remain so lock camera to view if you tick that then you see that the aspect frame gets this orange little border around it and when that is happening i can now go and move my object around or circle around my scene here and that will now also move the camera so whenever this thing is orange it's kind of like a live on air type sign so i'm going to go move in there a little bit and just just frame that up uh, like that there just for now so if you untick this lock camera to view orange border goes away and I can go and use my director's view again or like the perspective view as we know it from Das Studio and then if you want to look through the camera just hit the zero button again and then you're back to see what this looks like so um, the other thing I love about Blender is that you can switch this viewport over to the rendered view. And we do that down here. That's this thing in Blender 2.79. Uh, method to display shade objects in 3D view. So currently we're using this one. That's a solid view. And this one is the rendered view. There's also the material and the texture view. It's always a little bit complicated. Uh, I, I don't know which one is which. Material is that lets you view the object with a defined material, but not necessarily with a shader, with a texture on it. I don't know. Rendered is much like the iRay view in Das Studio. It'll physically render the scene and show you this. And that's funky because now if you wander around the scene, you get these uh, you get these little you get these little pixelations. That's Blender trying to work out uh, the next sort of shading bits and bobs. Light is harsh, and we're going to go change that in a minute. You can also create separate viewports and have one shaded, one non-shaded, or one you know one preview, one non-preview. I think we're not going to worry about that here. I'm going to go and switch between these two things. There's a shortcut key as well that you can switch between these. So um, I believe Z is the one that is rendered, and Solid is the one uh, that I, I don't actually know. Z goes no. See, Z is actually why, why is that saying Z? Shortcut Z. So it doesn't really do what I expected it to do. Hey, one of those things, let's just switch it manually. If you do know the shortcut, please let me know. And thank you for the link for the Blender conference. Are you going, Christina? Because that would be really exciting. You get to meet Ton Rosendahl. Say hello from me. I can't meet him myself. 
So this is our light source here. Select the light and then we're going to go and move it over to here somewhere. I'm going to go and leave it in its uh, height. Actually, I'm going to bring this down a little bit and then I'm going to go and press G followed by Shift Z. So that will leave it at the same height that I've got then only moves it perpendicular to our ground plane. I think I'm going to go and position it somewhere here. Maybe I'll bring it down even further. It's just so that I can see it. And uh, now I can go and rotate it so that it doesn't shine right onto the ground. It'll shine more towards the object. And I can do this manually if I just go and hit R. Then I get to kind of... Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's better to do this with, with exact values. So in my case, I'm going to go R, Y, 45. Enter. It hasn't actually done anything. That's terrible. That's because I've forgotten to dedicate this as a as a co correct light source. So one thing in Blender is that you can once you have a light in your scene, you can decide what it shall be. So in Das Studio, you have to create a light, and that'll remain that light forever. So a spotlight will always be a spotlight. But in Blender, you can start as a spotlight and then turn it into an area light or you can turn a point light into a spotlight and so forth and that is what we haven't done yet <laughs> that's why I can't rotate this it's probably because it doesn't have a rotation to it so once again the light is up here that's the the ones with the light selected you can go to the light panel up here and then if you click that then it has you know the lamp thing and like I had suspected it is actually a point light uh, right here. So uh, that is not something I can rotate because it shines in all directions. That's kind of the main difference between all these light. Point light is literally just one pixel that radiates lights into all directions, like a light bulb. Then a sunlight, that's uh, that studio calls that a distant light, that is something that doesn't have a location, it only has a direction. It doesn't matter where you put it in your viewport, it only ever has, it doesn't matter if I put it higher or lower, it always just uh, emits parallel light in one direction. Then a spotlight has all these things like fall-offs and it also has a direction and so forth. A hemi-light is, is more or less like, a, a hemi-light is very similar to an area light. I don't actually, I haven't figured out the difference between those two things, but they're both, they both have a location and a direction. Uh, whereas the spotlight also has a fall off on the outside so it kind of gets dimmer towards the outsides and it lets you adjust the cone as to where you'd like that sh that light to point but in my case i think i'm going to use a sunlight so i can just click sun here and then i get to get this this orange spike here which is now the direction of the light so let me just go press r and then direct that kind of at my object like so That should look okay if we just look through the camera for a second and then switch this over to the rendered viewport we can see yeah okay it's kind of getting there it's not it's not great but none of it has materials applied and the shadows are very very harsh so it's um, it's one of those things we can't change the properties of the light so perhaps we will actually make this into an area light rather than with these harsh shadows so let me let me do that let me go and uh, uh, click area instead and that'll change the light that we've got here quite dramatically. Or should I, should I use Hemi light? I don't really know. I don't really know what to use. Area. 
I will use an area light. I will use an area light. And I will go and close shadow down. Under area shape, I can I can tell it if I want it to, to be a square or a rectangle. Um, I'm going to choose a square and then increase the size. So the reason why we get harsh shadows here now is because the size of that light source isn't particularly big. So I'm going to go and make that a bit bigger. Perhaps uh, try one. Doesn't work at all. Okay, let's try 10. I'd love to see something happening to my to my shadows here. How about 100? Now oh, it just gets dimmer now, but the shadows are still very, very harsh. I don't really know why. Hmm. Ton is a nice guy. Yes, have you met Ton in person? That'd be so cool. I'd love to meet Ton in person. He was very kind to me when I joined the Blender Cloud. I tweeted that and he was very kind and got back to me and wanted to know what made me do that. So <laughs> very interesting. I'm just going to go play around with the light until it's a little bit more uh, to my liking here. I don't really like the light right now, but that's maybe because we don't have materials defined there. Maybe Spotlight. Spotlight's quite nice. No, I didn't think I was. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Julia was just asking, am I putting my fog on still? But I think right now, I don't think I'm, I'm foggy. Uh, I'm just fuzzy. Because I think here my, my OBS is, is telling me sometimes it's just it can't put the data through. I don't really know why. Let's, you know, considering the time, let me just go and, uh, and speed this up a little bit. Let's not worry about light. Let's worry about some materials. And then we're going to go and see how we can, in fact, shatter the logo and create that animation there. So in order to add materials, I'm going to go and uh, select one of these um, objects and have a look at this little guy up here, which is the materials button. Not foggy, thanks. <laughs> and uh, that'll give me all the materials that we currently have in our scene, which is uh, none of them. Well, actually, there's one, which is like the default material. But let's create a new one. This is something I found a little bit confusing in Blender, that you can create a material slot and a material. And the difference, I guess, is that a material slot is like a material zone. And then the actual material is what goes into that zone. So like on a piece of clothing, you could have a collar and you could have cloth and you could have a belt and you could have a button. And all those would be material slots, according to Blender. And then the actual materials would be different on the button, on the cloth, on the belt and so forth. So that's why we have two. You can either click this button, create a slot and not create a material for it. And then click this button and create a material for it. And then just go call that something like, um, I'm going to call it blue. And then both of these things change because right now they're kind of, you know, mutually in in inclusive, I guess. But you could also just click that big button on another object. So like if I go over here to the, to the she now, and I go and just click this new button, then it creates both a slot and a material at the same time. I do, I've just realized I'm actually I'm, I'm in Blender render, that's why my lights weren't responding the way I, I wanted them to, so I'm just gonna go click, switch this over to the Cycles render engine, and then perhaps you know we can, we can go and create proper materials here. So 3D, I'm gonna make that blue, and in this case, I'm gonna say uh, use Keep it simple and just not use nodes. I just go and pick myself a color here. 
make it slightly blue like this ish yeah nodes perhaps we're going to leave that for another time otherwise we're never going to get finished here and i don't know when my computer is going to blow up so there we go <laughs> that's blue let's uh, select this one and call that uh, green perhaps And once again, you can just go and click that color here. This is not going to create a phenomenal material. It's just going to create one diffuse uh, shader, so there's no shine to it. If we wanted to do that, we'd have to use nodes and then add a mix shader in front of, uh, mix the diffuse together with a glossy node and then let that go into the into the letter. So it'll you know, it's just look going to look cheap and cheerful. It's more about the animation rather than about um, you know how to how to set up shaders here. Let's uh, create another one uh, that's uh, red maybe, pink, pink, pink. Let's go pink. And uh, pink, purple, something along those lines. What do we think? Oh man, that's not pink at all, is it? It's quite interesting, why isn't that pink? answers on a postcard oh because i said use nodes ah you see that's i shouldn't have done that <laughs> i shouldn't have done that okay no problem let's go and delete pink <laughs> and go create a new oh, now i'm using nodes it's going down do we have to get into nodes that's terrible ah interesting Okay, well, maybe we will get into nodes then. We've got pink 001 and pink 1. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, we have to deal with nodes. I don't know how to how to get back from this. And let's call... <laughs> that's the other thing that I said, pink 001. Let's call that yellow. And just go and... Uh, the principal shader. Yes, I'd, I'd love to do that. How do, I, how do I do that? Because these are principal shaders, aren't they? I don't know how I selected that as a principal shader and this as a uh, this as a as a non-principal shader. How, how did I even do that? That's crazy. I hate it when things like that happen. I'm gonna go make that yellow. Add yellow to that. Click on diffuse. Uh, diffuse. Diffuse. Yeah, but this is diffuse, isn't it? Yeah, see, this is what I don't quite understand because I, see, I think these guys, they don't use nodes, which is kind of what I want. Maybe I'll have to use nodes. I don't know. I'll just go use nodes. That's cool. I'll use nodes. I'll just open another viewport up, up here, and that'll be my nodes thing. To principal. Oh, okay. Hang on. Let me just get rid of some of those viewports here. Change it to principal. Where do I do that? On surface. Principled. Oh my god, that's even worse, Christina. That's terrible. And maybe I'm not in the right <laughs> Me too. Let's go tell you what, let's let's just use notes. It's 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 all cool. Let's go let's go back to diffuse. Let's open another viewport here and make that our notes viewport. Let's quickly go press T and N to get rid of these windows at the at the bottom left and right there and change this into a quick node editor they're not bad notes notes are good notes are good for us 
there so this is pink I guess and this is how we just quickly define that pink and uh, that is also not reflected <laughs> in my scene why is that I wonder that's really terrible I wish I understood I wish I understood better you know is this because we can only see it in the rendered version yes look at that so in the rendered version it looks like we can we can now see this these things that I've applied perfect that's that's all we needed to know let's go and get rid of some of these viewports here there, forget nodes everything's fine let's worry one more one last time about light because you know my light wasn't working the way I wanted it to work I'll select it up here and then I'll go into an area light and that gives me some softer shadows now that's that's very nice let's use nodes on the lights as well and the strength we can just increase I'll try a thousand it's maybe a little bit bright here let's try 500 perhaps yeah or 600 something like that perfect so now we have a cycled rendered version here that's actually that's much better that's much better okay cool so this is our logo and the only thing that's now also yellow is the is the ground it doesn't actually look that bad with it with the with the yellow ground what do you think Arnold what what is Arnold I've never heard of Arnold Christina that's that's interesting Let's see if we just put that material back and it makes it a little bit less colorful there so okay cool so we have we have colors in the scene we have an object in the scene let's go and shatter this thing and uh, see what that looks like I'll go back to the regular solid viewport in which we can see two colors instead of I think it's the viewport color. There's another thing, preview color. I can I can set, can I? Okay, must not get distracted. Very important. Must not get distracted. Let's shatter these objects, shall we? There. So um, let's start with the three. I'm going to go and and select it and click on cell fracture. Just move it over here so that we can see this being shattered as well as the other letters here. So I think I'm going to go and uh, turn the source limit to 200. And I'm also going to show you how I'm going to try and add these cracks into the center there. I'm going to just use the, the ground shader that we have here, which is, which, is just, which is called the default shader right now. Perhaps we should actually um, do something about that. So it's just called material there. So we can call it floor shader in fact let's let's just make yeah just let's just let's just leave that here's the thing that I found out how to, how to assign the, the cracks there these these are all the materials that we have and they're not alphabetically ordered um, or are they I can't tell so this is this is this here the floor shader is the one I'd like to use for the cracks and this is now material ID number one I think starts at zero one two three four I think that's how it works so this is now material ID number one and so that is what I need to give that that um, cell fracture thing so if I select my object hit cell cell fracture here I can go and first of all select 200 pieces here and then I go under material and just select one I think that's how it works we'll find out we'll find out I'll click OK and uh, let's Turn that three around. 
Now, what I haven't done, I've just noticed, is of course save my scene. So if now the computer crashes, let's hope it doesn't do that. It'll uh, it'll be it'll be painful because all our hard work will be you know gone. So what is Arnold then, Christina? Is Arnold a kind of a plugin for Blender, or is it something that is Blender unrelated? It does ring a bell, but I don't, I can't really, I can't say I've ever heard of it, other than by name. Okay, we're in luck that the computer did not crash, and I now have, on layer two, I have my fractured, self-fractured, slightly broken at the back, word 3D, so that's that's good. I think, you know, learning from our mistakes, let's just quickly go and save that thing as logo three and then move on and shatter all the other pieces here. So let's shatter she or should, should it be her? <laughs> Very funny. So let's go source limit 200. It remembers, that's cool. So we just go and click return. It takes a little bit longer because it, it just, um, it, the, the pieces that it creates are more and our geometry is higher. So that's why the calculation just takes a little bit longer. Oh, I see. So is, uh, is Arnold something a bit like Octane then? Is that how I need to think about it? You can have a front end and Arnold kind of integrates with, it's just a render engine into which you pass any data from, from any 3D program that supports it. Is that how it works? Let's go shatter this as well. I don't know why it looks black right now. It's uh, sometimes it's really nice to go and 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 see the Voronoi block being built around it. I don't know why it does that right now. Oh, cool! Well, how much is Arnold from the top of your head? It's from May also. That may vary depending on the three D package, of course. Because like you can get uh, you can get Octane for Carrara, and even though the Carrara interface is kind of you know a little bit retro. It's just a front end to position your objects and, and add the things that you need, like um, multipliers and, and all that sort of thing. And then the shaders are being set up with Octane. So it's a great idea for companies like that to use to hook into interfaces that you already know and then basically get another customer depending on whatever front end they, they know already. So that's kind of cool. Right, yeah, I understand, yeah. Okay, so uh, looks like we have on layer two, we now have shattered pieces. Very cool. Let's see what they look like when we simulate them. For that, we need to have a floor again. And before, I believe I've used all these shards and brought them onto the first layer. But because these are now so many objects, it's actually cheaper and easier for me to bring in the plane, the camera and the... Um, light over into this layer. So let's do that. Uh, on the first layer, we're gonna go select the ground and hit M and followed by two. That'll move the ground to the second layer. Then we go and select the camera. This is the camera. Hit M followed by two. That moves that to the next layer. And we're also gonna use the light here. Click the light, M, two moves to the second layer perfect now we select the second layer and that's where we've got all these cracky little things here very cool 
let's save the scene one more time because before we do anything else hover plus return and uh, now before we do anything let's have a look at the rendered version we can see nice cracks here that's cool let's go back into the solid viewport and see if we can go and uh, switch over to the blender gain mode now viewport changes just a little bit press the letter p and enjoy maybe i'll go zoom out a little bit let's go not look through the camera again press p and hope for the best <laughs> it looks like it's shattered everything except for the letter a the letter a seems to still be in one piece i don't really know why that happened but it's, it's certainly very funny very cool so with escape we go back to this and uh, make sure we go and record the animation up here very important to record that and uh, once we've done that we could define a slightly longer piece here so if we go uh, right now we're ending at frame 250 i think if we just go and increase that a little bit then um, let's just go over here and end let's say end 500 It'd be 500 frames in the animation there let's do that and uh, with the with game still enabled with the animation being recorded let's go and hit p and marvel oh my goodness 1200 euros for arnold wow that's amazing i guess yeah this is just what these things cost i mean the the, the good programs are good good render engines <laughs> I've been playing with Eevee in Blender 2.8 and that is something I'm really interested in. We can, once I save this scene with the animation here, I can go and uh, switch over to Blender 2.8 and see if everything comes back and we'll see if we can render this with, uh, with the two RTX cards perhaps, see what, see what happens. And see the, the pieces are still settling down here, so you can literally give it as many frames as you want. And then just just wait a moment because this is not real time. The physics engine is kind of calculating this in the background. And what I liked about Eevee is the fact that uh, they are so Eevee is supposed to be a real time rendering engine that is cycles compatible to a certain point. So most of the cycles shaders and the cycles lights and all that behavior. Eevee understands so I don't really know how they've done that I think there's kind of a translation process going on because Eevee is not cycles it's a different render engine but they want to use that as the render engine for the viewport so currently you can like what we've just done we can we've got this this render engine here I'm gonna go hit escape I should have recorded our animation we've got this viewport here which is the solid viewport we've got texture and material cycles is currently missing because we're in blender game and uh, as soon as we switch that over let me just do that switch over to cycles now we have the rendered version but if we were in eevee then eevee would work with the similar defined things but it would work much faster and uh, let's look at that in blender 2.0 eight in a moment there uh, right now if i go look through my camera whoops if i look through my camera i can go and animate through this pile of rubble it's very cool and i can render any of these any of these images that i want 
perhaps I'm going to go just take a look at this. I want to know if the cracked material has been applied properly. And it looks like it hasn't done that. So maybe I've just chose the wrong material ID there. That's possible. I find that quite charming that the A is kind of the only thing that's that's left there. It's almost like what Biscuits was asking earlier. Can you have one item that is that is untouched? And I guess this is it. So there we go. Okay, I think I'm going to go save my file here. Logo 5. And now let's just go and perhaps minimize this blender and open the other blender and see if that whole scene opens up in Blender 2.8. So see, see what we learn, shall we? I have rendered my animation that I've shown you in the beginning. I've rendered that in Blender 2.8. It took about, it was 2,000 frames in total. And it was, uh, I did that in about eight hours with the two cards, with, um, with what's it called? Once I find Shattercast, there we go, Logo 5, with Cycles. Yeah, so it took about eight hours with the two cards, and in 1080 by 1920. 1920 by 1080, my goodness. <laughs> so there we go, this is uh, the same position that I have there. I can play this back from the beginning to the end. Oh, it looks like the A is actually, it's still there because that was a disconnected piece. I can see a bit of Z fighting going on, Z fighting going on here. And it looks like we have a separate A. One, so one's shattered and the other one is, is still in our scene. I don't know why that's a separate object. Interesting. I'm, I'm going to leave it. That's cool. Oh my God, 600 bucks a year. Wow. I'd love to know more about Arnold. If you if you have time, if, if ever any of us had time, make a quick uh, tutorial, just a little overview of what it can do and, and all. That'd be quite nice. Of uh, just see Arnold in action. So Blender 2.8, yes, we can still uh, use the N and the T keys to make these things disappear. This up here and the N is, is this shelf here. Some of these options have stayed the same, including the lock camera to view that we, that we uh, saw earlier. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just have a look at what this looks like uh, rendered now. If I switch over to the rendered viewport, which I can't quite remember where that is. I think it's at the bottom right here. There we go. Uh, method to display, shape objects rendered. Let's try that. Okay, this is, uh, this is cycle now. GP, so CPU cycling, so CPU rendering in the viewport. But if we want to, uh, to render this for good with the GPUs, we'd have to use F12. That is still the same. I think you can also choose that from the render menu. They now have a render menu here that lets you render the image or the animation. So that's that's very nice. And uh, let's just try that out under, under render settings. I just wanted to check uh, the device CPU. We can change that over to GPU compute and hope this thing doesn't crash, of course. And the uh, size here is 50% of 1920 by 1080. Okay, let's let's do this thing. If the stream stops working, then something with the cards went wrong. Let's try it anyway. Oh, I see. So F12 also activates this this magnifying key from my cursor highlighting software. That is uh, not good. Let me just press that again, and then it'll go away. Nice, and this is with 
And this is with how many samples? Whoops, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't, I didn't show you the render. That's okay, let me try again. There we go. It's my, my magnifying glass coming on here. So I have to press it again to switch that off. I should really have a look into that, into that modifier key there. So um, let's see how many, how many samples that is with. Uh, render 128, so I thought I'm gonna use a few more, perhaps, I don't know, 500. And then the other thing you can do in Blender 2.8 is, um, I've forgotten where that is now, is a denoiser. It has a denoiser. Is it in post-processing? Where's that denoiser again? Oh, there we go. It's under this thing here, the view layer. That's denoising. And that'll do the same denoising as I think is built into the RTX card. So that you can switch that on here and it'll do that uh, tile by tile. So uh, if I go to render image, then you'll see at the top here that some tiles have rendered and others have been denoised. So it doesn't happen at the same time. First the tile is rendered and then it takes a moment and then it's being denoised. So um, very cool results that we can get there. And if, if you want to get out of the rendered viewport, you just press escape and then you know, pick a different image like, I don't know, like this one, for example. Let's try that. See what the shattered pieces look like. So yes, that is in essence how the the shattering process works. So then the the next thing I did was animate two cameras. One I left in place, and the other one I just animated around it, just with keyframes. Keyframes. That's another thing I think I'm going to do and. Uh, perhaps cover that in another video how to do animations or small animations in in blender i think the only other thing in 2.8 i wanted to show you is this ev rendering engine and um, i don't quite remember how to use it now but uh, i think if we go back to the bottom here i think that's how you do it um oh, this is where you find the the matcaps by the way if you wanted to change that into matcaps this is where that is this little icon here uh, I think we use the we use the rendered viewport for that, but we also need to select the render engine somehow, somewhere, and I don't really remember where that is. Somewhere here, perhaps. There we go. Render engine. There it is. Found it. Cycles or EV. There we go. So I can add workbench. So that's workbench is now the, the this I think that we're that we're looking at. But if I s switch this to EV over here and then switch this to the rendered viewport then it takes a moment and it looks like the cycles materials that I've set up are being acknowledged. The only thing that isn't quite working is the light. So from what I understand, I need a different light intensity for now for EV than I need for cycles. But that's easily, that's easily taken care of, I guess, because we all just need to select that, oh, sorry, select that lamp and then we can go and uh, head over to the object data and power, we can just crank up. So from one, maybe I'll say five and see what happens. There we go, that's kind of cool. So uh, what's interesting about EV is that the colors are exactly the same and the shadows are the same as well. So it's an approximation here 
but they are certainly diffuse shadows and it takes a fraction of the time to render this than it does with cycles so granted it's a little bit less realistic but the cool thing about this is that it's you know it's very close to real-time previews that's that's really fascinating about um, about EV so viewport performance as well it's this is this is happening in real time that's that's kind of cool and you can now also you can just go and render this whole animation out in EV and then we should be able to see a preview of that I think we can try it out we can try it out and see maybe um, a start and end frame. I'll give it an end frame of maybe uh, maybe uh, just a hundred, and then we can see what uh, if we can render an animation with Eevee. So under output uh, down here, I'm gonna go set my output path. Whoa, that's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Let's go to my desktop at Shattercast. I'm gonna go and add a folder here, uh, Eevee. That's one E too many, isn't it? EV animation go in there and call it EV animation oh no let's let's spell it properly let's spell it properly EV animation there we go hit accept and let's see what happens if I head over to render render animation So it's not quite real time, but it's certainly very, very close. And these are now all the images rendered in Eevee. It's sometimes we don't get to see the preview, but uh, it is certainly faster than uh, than Cycles. So Cycles still takes about 30 seconds for the full image at 50% resolution. I guess it's more like uh, five or six or 10 seconds, but Eevee has got it down in about one second per frame. And that's that's quite funky. Yes, I like that about Octane as well, Rod, that it is um, perpetual. I think Phil Wilkes uses, uses Octane with Carrara on his, uh, used to be on his laptop, and he's got, uh, he's super happy with it. And it's, it really, what I like about this approach is that you don't get dictated, hey, you need to learn a new interface so that you can use our rendering engine. You know, if you like cycles, but you can't figure out how Blender works, then, you know, I like the idea that you separate that and that you say, give people a choice and say, look, use the interface that you're used to. Like in your case, Poser, for example, you're, you're swimming in Poser. But if you don't quite like the rendering engine that Poser offers, you just go, hey, that's cool. I'm going to use Lux Render or Octane or whatever. And it's very cool that that is implemented that way. So rather than spend all the time and effort on integrating or on building a new front end you think screw the front end man somebody else has done a perfect job at that i'm going to focus on the render engine it's a very good approach i like that look at that i think we're done that's very cool so now we can go and have a look at all these images here in uh, shattercast ev animation there they all are that is quite nice and now we can go and assemble this again in uh, in photoshop like i showed you before well, that's very cool to be able to preview your animation with with fairly good results i must say that's very exciting i think you know 
I believe that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm so sorry about all these technical shenanigans at the beginning there. It's uh, yeah, it's a shame that all this happened. I really don't know what's going on. It may be my hardware. I will continue to investigate. And as soon as I have a fit system, a fit and fat system, a new system is about this, this fat, this, this wide. As, as soon as I've figured all this out, uh, I hope we're going to have a hitchless, uh, a hitchless next live stream next Friday. Also, of course, join me again for a special episode of Subnautica Saturday tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday for Subnautica Saturday. We're still, I seem to remember, we're still on the island and on the island we have two peaks. And so I'm going to call that episode Twin Peaks. It'll be tomorrow at 4 p.m. And we're still on the island. We're going to move around there a little bit, explore stuff. And then we're going to go back and have a look at our base and see if we find enough copper, see if we can implement some girls from TNA pictures in our base and some other goodies. Thank you so much for watching, everyone. Uh, have a wonderful weekend ahead. And if I don't see you tomorrow, I will see you next Friday. Take care. Bye-bye.